You're listening to Music You're Missing. I'm Brendan Gennetti, and today we're talking to Jeff Frankenstein. From middle school band teacher to viral TikTok sensation, Jeff's captivating harmonies have amassed millions of TikTok views, gaining him over 150,000 followers. The crazy thing is, Jeff has only been posting on the app for about 10 months. His TikTok success has translated to real life because aside from being the coolest band teacher, he has performed with Brian Kelly of Florida Georgia Line in front of thousands. He sang harmony on four official Spotify releases, and he has sang the national anthem at a Pirates game. I'm so excited to have Jeff on the show and learn about how he's handling this virality and how he's perfected his harmonious craft. But before we get Jeff on the line, you've listened to podcasts before, you know the drill. My name is Brendan, this is Music You're Missing, and I feature artists of all sizes that I think deserve more attention. I personally invite every artist that is featured on the show, on the show. I'm not driven by PR agencies, record labels, or anything like that. Every artist that gets featured on the Music You're Missing podcast has their music playlisted on the official Music You're Missing Spotify playlist, so go check it out. While you're checking things out, it would be awesome if you could rate the Music You're Missing podcast five stars wherever you're listening. I know it's super corny to ask, but the more five-star reviews we get, the higher likelihood our episodes get playlisted, which in turn means more exposure for these talented artists. And finally, my last Music You're Missing update is to keep up to date with all of Music You're Missing happenings, including giveaways, concerts, and new episodes. Follow Music You're Missing on Instagram at Music You're Missing. I promise that's all for me, and I'm so excited to welcome Jeff Frankenstein on the Music You're Missing podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great, Brendan. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, just for context, for those at home, we were just talking about how your face is plastered up in my studio at the Andrea Bocelli concert right now. <laughs> It's such a crazy thing for me to hear right now. I can't even believe that you're saying that. <laughs> no, I know. And I can't, I can't wait to send you a picture. Like I said, it's kind of cool. Um, but, you know, that's like the least, one of the least crazy things that's happening right now because your gear has, it's been quite a journey. Um, and I'm like super stoked to dive into it. But before we do that, I want to hear about like your musical journey. I know you have a perfect pitch. You play so many instruments. Uh, and you're also a middle school band director. So I would just love to hear more about your musical background. So when I was little, I, my parents had an organ at our place. And anytime that I would hear a jingle on a TV, I would play it back and forth on the piano, note for note, but not knowing what any of those note names were, pitches, nothing. I had one month of piano lessons, but my teacher taught me nothing regarding rhythm. And now when I was 11 years old, I joined the band and my first instrument was trumpet in the band. And then when I switched to high school, I switched to French horn. And then that ended up being my major instrument that I was on in college. And when you're a music major, you have to pick an instrument to major in and my dad had loved Star Trek, and that was part of my driving force behind picking French horn. And then for my senior project, I had learned how to play bass. Then that translated into acoustic guitar. I'm a self-taught drummer. And in order to be a music teacher, you have to learn how to play every instrument. So I basically learned every instrument and then picked up singing when I was in college. I didn't do any singing in high school in a group. Interesting. I joined a men's yeah, I joined a men's group in college and I'm still part of a barbershop with 
two members that I went to college with another member graduated about 10 years after we did 10, 15 years after we did somewhere in that area. And then someone who knew all of us band directors, he was our fifth member, quintessential fifth member. And we're still together to this day. Really interesting that you said you didn't really start pursuing singing until later on. Did, did you know early on that you were a good singer or did you just not even attempt to sing? I was okay at it, but I didn't think that it could be something that could generate views and hits or anything like that because I wasn't always enjoying hearing myself sing. And then once I started singing in choir in college, then that developed my itch for singing. And then I didn't find out I had perfect pitch until I was in college. We were in a music theory lab class where we would have to sight sing where we would listen to songs for the first time and then try to sing them note for note and then we do the do re mi fa sol la tito sol fed scale and try to sing and sight read those notes well my professor at the time was like i think you have perfect pitch and i'm like what is this knew nothing about it and so he took me over to his piano and he started playing notes he's like hey what note is this and i told him exactly what it was so every single time that i hear something I can identify through a pitch. There was someone that I was in contact with a long time ago, and he said that he could see colors whenever he would hear pitches. I don't do that at all. I can just hear something, and I can automatically translate that to a piano and know what pitch it is. Wow, that is really cool. Is that something that you were born with, or do you think just by nature <laughs> of like surrounding yourself with every literal instrument known to man, you kind of grew into a perfect pitch? I mean... I've heard and read in articles that people are born with it. It's just something that's developed early over time. And I know that um, with my kids, I think that my daughter, I have a 10-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old son. And I think that my 10-year-old has it because she can hear pitches and harmonize instantaneously. But I... um, my my son had mentioned the words digital footprint today. It was so <laughs> weird hearing that because I want to be careful with what I post and I don't want to put my kids out in that public eye just yet. I want to wait till the time is right before I even remotely decide to share that on the TikTok side. Yeah, for sure. Of the world. But for Instagram, I do have some videos of them on there and you can kind of hear the pitch go there. I think my son Isaac is, he's developing that, but it is something that can be obtained over time through relative pitch. But yeah, with perfect pitch, you're mostly born with it and you surround yourself with music constantly. Yeah. What a special thing to, to share with your children. And I, I already told you I did an extreme deep dive like I do for all of our guests. Um, and of course I saw, you know, so many, cool performances with your children. Um, Is that something that you knew right away you wanted to get them involved in music or did they just kind of fall into it just because you had it around so much? Honestly, I don't know that they um, have a chance to do something (laughs) else because my wife and I are both music teachers. Yeah. So we just surround them with music all the time. Now, Hannah, my daughter is in band and chorus in fifth grade. Um, My son hasn't played any instruments yet, but, Hannah did have about four years of piano 
experience before switching to an instrument. We were like, we really want you to keep doing music. So if you decide that you want to do French horn, then maybe we'll mm-hmm. get rid of piano. So she followed in my footsteps because she's playing French horn now in the band. <laughs> As I mentioned, did a deep dive on the Instagram and uh, it seems like you've never actually missed a Pirates game um, ever. Uh, <laughs> you're obviously a Pittsburgh native. Surprisingly, I've never been there. Uh, what, what am I missing out on? I know you got a lot of Pittsburgh pride. I do have a lot of Pittsburgh pride in me. Um, the Pirates are hard to listen to on TV. So it's more fun to go to the games with the kids. Before we had kids, my wife and I had a 20-game season ticket plan, and it was just so fun to attend the games when they were bad. And at one point, they got really, really good, and then the prices went way up, yeah. and so we got rid of them. Um, but we just enjoy that time out with the kids. If if you were to ever come to Pittsburgh, I would say get a Permani sandwich because for Manny's is usually the way to go. Anytime that the Steelers will select a draft pick, that's one of the first places that they go. And then they take them around Pittsburgh. It's basically just any kind of meat sandwich that you want. And they put fries and they put coleslaw inside the sandwich. And it's pretty darn delicious. <laughs> I can get behind that. Have you ever been to Fenway? I've never been to Boston, but I do have a friend that I play on the praise band with at my church. He is from the Boston area. And when it was Tom Brady versus Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he would always run it in our faces about how much better that he was. And I, it was a humble brag. He's, he was allowed to brag about them. So, well, he, he certainly can't be doing much of that these days. Cause we're, we're not, not that great. We're not that much better either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Patriots beat the Steelers this year. So there's definitely not much for the Steelers fans to brag about this year. Speaking about, uh, sports. I saw that you and the Rock Bottoms. You sang the national anthem in Amazing Grace before a Pirates game. Um, That's correct. Was that like the largest crowd you've ever performed in front of? How was that experience for you? That was an incredible experience. So the four guys that are in the group, they are all music teachers as well in the surrounding Pittsburgh area. One of our founding members is. High school choir always sings the national anthem for games. And then he mentioned our group, Rock Bottom, and that at one point we would like to sing the national anthem for a game. And we sent an audition and got right in. And it just happened to pick July 4th weekend for us. And that was on the same weekend they had a married couple that was still alive. They were 99 years old and they were celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary on the same day that we got to sing. And the gentleman had turned 99 that day and he was a world war II veteran. I had also received purple hearts. And so it was quite a day for us to be able to follow that. But yes, that was the largest crowd that we had. And it wasn't really intimidating because once we started singing, for me, whenever I start singing, all the nerves are done. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask if it was intimidating, but it was like so beautiful. I, I saw the videos of it. And it's just, I mean, it's always beautiful to hear that, but it's something about like a, a five piece and then that large audience. And then just now knowing the story that you just mentioned. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, definitely an eye opening experience for us. So obviously, I mean, your harmonies have captivated millions of people on TikTok. And I'm so excited to talk about 
how you're handling this newfound virality. But before that, I, I think I just need to understand what a harmony even is and why they sound so good. Like you cannot know what a harmony is, but if you hear it, you're like, oh, that tickles in a good way. Yeah. The best way I can explain it is the melody is essentially the main part that everybody sings. And from a music theory perspective, a harmony is if you sing maybe a third, like one or two, maybe even three notes below as a lower harmony. And you could do that in the same interval up top. But it all is based on whatever the key of the song is in. Mm -hmm. For someone who might be listening to this, that's complete gibberish. But you have to know the structure of the song, chords that people are playing. And for me, whenever I do a harmony, it's not always easy to just pump out. The problem that I have with doing videos is words because I'm not good at memorizing words, <laughs> but as far as pitches and everything, since I know the structure of the song, it's easy to pump a harmony out. Yeah. I saw actually on your, um, take me to church by Hosier <clears throat> cover, if you want to call it that you said that one was particularly challenging. I was kind of curious what made that one so hard to harmonize with because of the chord structure of the song. I had never heard a harmony done for that before. And I'm not the kind of person that will continuously search on the internet for what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. I like to be as authentic as possible and try to do something that hasn't been done. And I was just able to pick out something based on what I heard in the song. And it seemed to flow out really well, but it was difficult trying to get the, notes out from take to take like if i messed up one note i'm like okay i gotta do it again and then hopefully it works that time and no one ever sees this because i don't show it at the end of the videos but as soon as i'm done with that final word there's a huge calmness a big sigh of relief that i don't have to pump out any more words because hey i finally got that last note down <laughs> that's so funny to hear because you honestly you make it look effortless like you describing what a harmony is. I'm like, Oh, I, I couldn't even imagine that all of this stuff is going through your brain. I feel like you just hear it and you can just sing it. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely something that I've been able to develop over time. I mean, your, your year is perfecting your craft. It, it clearly caught on because you now have nearly 130,000 TikTok followers. Um, yeah. And you only began posting in February, which was only 10 months ago. Before yeah. we get into the craziness of, of just having that many eyes on you, I'm kind of curious because your social media was not necessarily consistent until you started posting on TikTok 10 months ago. What inspired Correct. you to start posting? Honestly, it had a lot to do with my job and getting drained from it. And I don't want to quit what I do, but... There were some very tiring days and COVID really took a toll on a lot of us teachers. And for myself personally, I didn't know if I was going to be able to continue teaching given the magnitude of things going on. I thought maybe there would be um, more students that would leave the program and essentially I would 
have to go find something else to do. Mm-hmm. So before I turned 40, I had my 40th birthday on February 24th of this year. And I had shared with somebody else, you know, maybe I just want to dive in, try something new. I had posted Snapchat videos of myself for a long time. And I got Snapchat primarily to film my kids and create memories or just uh, just record some memories of them because now my kids are seven and 10 I, just by blinking, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so all I wanted to do was just record them. And then it translated more into me recording videos of myself. And at that time, Snapchat videos were only 10 seconds long. And now they're over a minute, which is really good because whenever I do cameo requests for people, I can, record myself for over a minute and not have to worry about copyright licensing, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to try something new at 40 and see where it goes. So like I said, I posts, um, started posting February 15th and it's like, you know what? I'll do one a day. And if this video goes well, maybe I'll do another one. It is kind of like, you know, for some people, they, they buy a car they buy they buy a car at this age, and I I was happy. My wife and I were happy that we paid off both of our cars here in the last couple of months. We're like <laughs> we're not worried about payments or anything like that. So I was just like I'm gonna start posting videos on TikTok and see how it goes. I had posted some on Instagram and wanted to make connections with those musicians by making those videos, and now it's truly taken off where more musicians are starting to notice yeah for sure and i mean you've had several tiktoks go viral what was your initial reaction when you started to to go viral on tiktok i was obsessed i kept looking at my phone like who's gonna like it this time who's gonna comment stuff like that and occasionally i'll still get like that anytime i post a new video just to see if you know hey it's trending kind of thing but to be honest, when I started posting, I didn't care about the trends. Mm-hmm. Like I told you earlier, I wanted to be as authentic as possible with my videos. But whenever I posted videos like Cover Me Up, that was the first one. I did not think that Cover Me Up would get me about 300,000 views overnight. But when I first saw the views go up in the comments... It was crazy. I didn't know what to do. It, it was a little overwhelming at times because I just didn't know how to handle it. But I got a better grip on it, and I started noticing that people were asking for requests of songs, and I didn't think that, that was a thing. But I still do that to this day. I keep getting requests from people because you know they're the reason why I'm yeah successful right now. I mean, I would argue, though, I don't really think it is a thing. I think you're just that good that people want to hear more of you. Uh, I don't think people are commenting on like people like other singers being like, let me hear this. Like, that's definitely indicative of, of your unique talents for sure. I, I appreciate that very much. It's just, you know, like I said, it's a- after singing in college and getting to this point in my life, I was like, I want to do something fun and see where it takes me. And now it's got me here. This is my second podcast I've done in uh, over the last week. 
I'm already on a third podcast and now I'm on four songs that are on Spotify. It's, it's insane, but it's so fun. I'm so happy to hear about all the, the cool things that are, are coming out of this. Cause I know there were so many, uh, and I, I can't yeah. wait to, to unpack them. Um, but first I want to ask you about your, your cover again. Do you call them covers? Do you call them like harmonies? What do you call them? Um, just harmony covers yeah, harmony and covers. someone dubbed them as carmonies. <laughs> I, I never did, heard I that, that before. And so that's why I put on my, on my bio on TikTok that I'm a carmonizer. That's hilarious. Okay. So your, your carmony of mirrors by Justin Timberlake is yeah. your most popular video. It has mm-hmm. over 6 million views. Yes. What do you think it is about this particular song that resonated with so many people? I think the fact that it's Justin Timberlake is he is a trendsetter. Anytime that he comes out with new music, people want to hear it because he is essentially the most successful in sync member period. I guess people had never heard that kind of harmony before. I literally just copied a harmony and sang it. And apparently that was a hit. I even noticed a huge TikToker named Elise Myers. Yeah. That had, commented on it and i was like oh and then more people like spencer sutherland was commenting on it and he's a popular singer Mm -hmm. just seeing the names down the list of comments is insane but my original answer i'm going to stick with is because it's literally justin timberlake he is amazing at everything that he does yeah i mean your voice also really meshes with his quite nicely your um suit and tie that was a really good one as well. That was a fun one too. And I had always been a fan of that. And I wanted to make sure that I stopped at the JC part. Cause I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't harmonize to rap. And it's really hard to do that. I'd always been a fan of that song, but I thought, you know what? This first one was working mirrors. So why not do another one two days later and see how it goes. And it's almost in a million views. You and Justin Timberlake, we need the collab. I would love that. JT, hit me up, man. You kind of already hit on this, but you've had like many prominent artists comment on your TikToks. You got Joe Jonas, Carly Pierce, Bailey Zimmerman, just to name a few. Though you're 20 years into your music career, I'm kind of curious, does this type of attention give you validation? Absolutely. And the entire goal of my TikTok was to connect with musicians. And I feel like I've done that. And more people are starting to take notice. And the most recent project that I completed for Court Carpenter, in which I had done a harmony for him on his cover, How's It Gonna Be by Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind was a huge band in the 90s. And after that song was released, I commented on his Facebook, thanks for having me on. And his comment was, this is just the beginning. And I'm like, what does that mean? This is so cool. But Absolutely. It's, it's validation. Like they're all successful people like Jonas, Joe Jonas, like the name says it all. Yeah. Jonas brothers, camp rock, um, Carly Pierce, incredible country artist. And then her getting to collab with one of my favorite Christian artists, Matthew West. There was no third part in there. And I was like, I got to throw in a third part And Bailey Zimmerman's an upcoming huge country artist touring with Morgan Wallen. Can't mm-hmm. go wrong with that. Yeah. No and so way. for him to comment on two videos was huge. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It's validating. 
How do your students react? Do they think you're like the coolest teacher in the building? Apparently I am the coolest. And that was not my goal at all. But I knew that kids would find it. And I'm just, I'm still trying to play it cool because whenever I'm in class, I don't want to bring it up. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. So you have four tracks with your vocals on Spotify right now. Um, mm-hmm. Is that indicative of, of more music to come? And like, what is ultimately, what's the end goal with this newfound audience? So for the four tracks, I was just, I want to shout out Court Carpenter, Blake McKinnon, Jesse Erickson Sutton, and Jeffrey Guyoni for having me on those projects. Jesse was someone that I had sang in the praise team with at college. That's how we met. And she had been a on and off singer songwriter in Nashville. And when she had kids, she stepped out of that, but then she got back into the songwriting game. And we do have another one coming out pretty soon. It's called you belong here. So that will be track number five. I'm just so blessed to be able to be on these projects with these people because I know music is something that I can, uh, like music is something that heals me and I'm glad that I'm able to share that with other people, but I like to serve people Mm -hmm. and I love being part of those projects and getting to provide harmonies for people for next year. I do have two projects and they are full length albums. Wow. And the first one is by David Payne. He is doing a five track EP. I have already finished two of the songs for him. He had a female come on for his third project out of the five. And I believe he said the last two will be my harmonies. And it's looking like an early to mid March release once things get settled. And then they're, it's a person on TikTok. His name is Peyton John. He just got picked up by the studio that I'm working with. And he wants to put an 11 track full length album, all with my harmonies. So currently that's where we're at, but I know that there's more in the works with the studio. And if things happen with other people, things happen. Man, that's so exciting too. And I mean, obviously the, the cash flow is great, but to be able Absolutely. to make money off of a creative endeavor is is so cool yes yes it and i said this on the last podcast i was on and i'll say it on here is that when you're doing something you love doesn't feel like work and when i'm doing music for people it's not just uh validating for me it's validating for them and um i'm just having a lot of fun doing this extra thing now it's well to see where 2024 leads because this year was already crazy. We've got to talk about your stage performance with Brian Kelly of Florida Georgia Line. Mm-hmm. He invited you on stage in front of thousands to sing boat names. How was that experience for you? Ooh. It was an incredible experience, surreal, because I had followed his career in FGL. Basically, once Cruz came out from that point, you know, watching all of his videos with Tyler for FGL and then hearing that he was going solo, I was like, you know what? Good for him. 
And whenever he released his solo project, I was like, you know what? I got to try this too. Let me throw my name in a hat here too. And I'll send a harmony to him and see what happens. And from 2022 in March to now, that's the whole reason why I'm sitting here because he was the primary reason for me starting a TikTok as well. He was a motivator, a pusher, because I sent him a video of me singing a harmony to one of his songs. And he instantly liked it and shared it with his followers. And he followed me in the process after I had sent him another one. And we had just been conversing back and forth. And when I found out he was coming to Cleveland, I was like, I got to go. And he said, bring your earbuds because you're going to sing on stage with me. And I was like, what? <laughs> and for Hillary and I, my wife, we were a little bit scared about that. Because it was one of our most spontaneous decisions that we had ever made was driving to Cleveland. And she was like, are you sure these tickets are going to be there? And I was like, yep, Brian left him at will call for all four of us. My kids got to enjoy the experience at the end of every single concert. Brian Kelly comes down and signs autographs, takes pictures and everything. And my kids were able to get autographs, get pictures and everything with him. And it was awesome. So it was very cool. One and I will never ever forget getting to sing in front of thousands of people. And I have a picture of him behind me. I don't know how well you can see it, but it's this top frame right over here. Like you gotta, That's so cool. gotta put those moments in there. How was the reaction from your children when they, when they got to witness their dad on stage? Um, my son is like my wife just kind of plays cool and everything. Loves seeing what I'm doing. Um, but for him, he was he was very calm and cool. My daughter is like me and doesn't mind the spotlight, so to speak. And I remember hearing when the song was over, before Brian had asked me to sing a cappella with him, I heard my daughter crying because she was so proud. It was like a proud dad moment. And when I was done with that performance and got to rejoin my family that's all hannah was doing for the last five ten minutes was crying because she was so proud of me seeing me up there and she gave me a huge hug and it, it was a very very cool moment no for sure i mean that was honestly probably more rewarding than the actual experience that's so lovely to hear that she yes had that it reaction. was yeah like getting to do carmenes is fun but then getting to act it out live with one of your favorite musicians. And Brian Kelly is one of the most humble musicians, period. Anytime that somebody talks to him, and I've listened to him on podcasts, interviews, even when he was doing interviews with FGL, it's very cool down to earth. And whenever I got to hang with him on his tour bus before we started practicing boat names, we only ran through it a couple times. It was so fun. He was just a really cool down to earth guy, just like me. And I, I think that we hit it off there from the get go. We'll see if there's any more in store with the two of us next year. I heard that he said to you to like be on the lookout or something. He said that when I saw him in concert in May in Tampa, he said, I'll be in touch. And then he said it again when the concert was over in Cleveland. I don't know what that means, but 
I'm ready for anything. We'll find out. 2024, we got the Justin Timberlake collab. We got the Brian Kelly collab. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Um, Who else? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Jeff, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and I typically wrap up with this question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly change it. I'm still going to ask you, but I'm going to slightly change it because you definitely okay. have some goals for this year. I typically ask, what's a goal unrelated to music or your career? But I'm curious, what what's a tangible goal you have to accomplish this year after you've experienced like this virality and, and people are starting to know your name in the industry? A goal of mine for next year, if if nothing else, I'd love to be able to write a song for somebody. Cool, I like that. That's a huge goal. Um, and I say that not very lightly because I... I've never written my own music. I've been able to write, or should I say, write my own harmonies for the artists that I've put music out with, but never been able to do something that's my own original idea. And that would be something so fun to do. That is one of my goals for 2024. And we'll see if it happens. It is very accomplishable, and I am sure that is in the cards for you very shortly. I do wrap up every interview with this question. What is a goal that you have unrelated to music or your career that you want to accomplish in the near future? I would say I want to travel more. Ooh, where where are we thinking? I wasn't much of a traveler growing up, and then once I got married, we've been able to go several places, like in Florida, and getting to go to Nashville. I would love you know, once I retire sort of thing like that is to be able to go to Europe and, you know, just get, getting out seeing the rest of the States because I don't think I've been as far West as Illinois. And I'd love to be able to go somewhere else around the country, just experience what things are like, because, you know, got a shelter of life out here and getting to do things remotely here with my projects has been great, but I'd love to be able to travel more so that would be a tangible goal i think that's highly achievable for sure. and could be even more achievable if things go well uh for 2024 with my tiktok i i, I also want my wife and kids to be able to experience that even more yeah. with me if we can do more family trips together and do stuff like that that would be even more amazing because they come first through all this and you know getting to see them support me through this it's all for them and if I'm able to do more projects that lead me to that where we can travel more, that would be amazing.